0: Are you a PhD, postdoc, or MD interested in transitioning into management consulting? Apply to Link to L.E.K. by March 12th, 2023. What is Link to L.E.K.? Well, it's an opportunity for advanced degree students to get to know L.E.K. and the type of strategy consulting work the firm does through a virtual two-day program. During the program, you'll network with LEK consultants and participate in a simulated strategy case modeled after the work done by LEK's life sciences team. But the best part of the program, you will receive the opportunity to an early interview for a full-time role with the firm ahead of the general recruiting cycle. Again, the program is open to current PhD postdoc or MD students interested in life sciences strategy consulting, ideally with a target graduation in 2024. So again, apply by March 12th. Click the link in the show notes or visit lek.com today to submit your application. Hey, Strategy Simplified. In today's episode, Naman, who is a management consultant COO, and Lisa, a management consultant coach and former McKinsey consultant, perform an in-depth review of an aspiring consultant's resume to see if it's ready for consulting applications. In the process, they share some consulting resume tips, tricks, and best practices. The Mona Lisa co-lead management consultant's resume and cover letter editing team, helping hundreds of candidates each year land interviews at companies like McKinsey, BCG, Deloitte, Google, Amazon, Capital One, and the list goes on. There's a link in the show notes where you can learn more about the editing process and purchase a set of custom resume edits for yourself. In addition, this session is available in video format so you can follow along visually while the resume is being reviewed. The video is available at the link in the show notes. All right, let's get this party started. Let's dive in.
1: Dylan, do you just wanna quickly introduce yourself uh, before we go through your resume?
2: Yeah, sure. Hi everyone, my name is Dylan. I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm currently working on my PhD in neuroscience at Drexel University here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I guess one of the few silver linings for me during this uh, pandemic period and, and things being shut down was uh, career exploration opportunities, and that kind of was what directed me towards uh, consulting. and. Why I'm doing this and, and pursuing hard these bridge programs and other things right now. So I'm excited to see what uh, what feedback you have for me, and hopefully it's not a laundry list.
1: Hey, okay. I love it, Dylan. Thanks for thanks for jumping on with us and being willing to, to share your experience and your resume with us. So I'm I'm gonna follow the same process uh, that Lisa followed with Alona, uh, and Lisa feel free to jump in uh, at any point. But let's start with format first. Then we'll move to structure. Then we'll move to content. So overall uh, I don't think your formats bad um, right your experience is pretty easy to scan you've got all the right sections uh, or most of the right sections I'll get to that in a second but I don't look at the resume and think I'm overwhelmed right right up front and and that's a good first impression so um, that's that's number one now there are some changes that that I would make um, so I would want, you know, s- similar to the way that Alona had her education formatted, that's the way that I would recommend that you format yours. So I would want the the degree title underneath the the university or the institution so that in one place I can find everything that I'm looking for. Uh, and, and so what I didn't like when I would just quickly looked at this is, okay, I can see you're at Drexel and I, I can see that you're at Pfeiffer, um, but I had to look over to figure out what you know when you graduated and what your degree was, uh, and so make it easy on me by putting the the degree title right underneath the the institution name, uh, and then from there, you know, if you want to bold the institution and then keep the the degree title italicized to have some sense of differentiation there, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, and then you can move Philadelphia or or uh, North Carolina. You can move the cities over to the to, to the right align uh, and have them above the date. Uh, so you're balanced you've got the things that are most important on the left where i'm first looking right everywhere you're applying we read left to right right Uh, and so institution and, and degree title on the left and then location and dates on the right which are a little bit less important to me as the reviewer but still important to have on there so that's how i would format then everything moving down the resume so even in the professional experience right employer first job title underneath and then location date on the right hand side Um, on on those same lines. Uh, This is more of a a personal preference um, and and you certainly don't have to change this, but I just like having the the kind of dividing line underneath the section title. So instead of having the dividing line above professional experience, I would have it underneath. Uh, To me, it just makes it easier to delineate which section is which. People differ there and it's not a hard and fast rule, but if I was working on the resume, that's what I would change. And so I just thought I'd voice that over. Um, let me just see here to, and quickly scan to see if there are any inconsistencies. Um, it looks like you've decided to use periods. That's great. So just make sure there's a period in every sentence. I, I think that I see that. Um, you're not, you don't have some entries that are month only and, and some that are year only. That's great. Um, you mind just scrolling down a little bit more. Okay, fantastic. And uh, Dylan, any question on the format?
2: No, I mean, I, I definitely understand uh, kind of putting the important stuff to the left and some of it to the right. I guess uh, I was trying my best to save myself some lines by not having it uh, two lines, you know, one under the other. But uh, I can see the benefit in, in, the, in the adverse. So
1: I think you've got some space, Dylan, where I would save the space is you've got a, you've got a, a big gap between each section. So that looks like two entries between the professional experience and the leadership experience. Um, I I would cut one of those out, and that's going to save you uh, quite a bit of space there, Uh, probably to where it's not even going to make a difference, but it's going to make the resume easier to scan. Uh, And then I think up at the top, sorry, if you don't mind scrolling, the header took up quite a bit of space as well. Uh, and that's where I would I, I would save a lot of uh, space. Uh, your, your name is is quite large. It doesn't have to be that that large. Um, you know, w- we could we could save space by condensing the header, by cutting out the the extra space in between each section, uh, and then format this in a way that it just makes it really easy to scan it and to get a a chronological look at your experience, where you've been and what you've done. The font looks like it's one that takes up a decent amount of space too, like a Times New Roman or something might save you a lot of room. Maybe some space there as well. Yeah, awesome. And it looks like there your, your address and your your LinkedIn is taking up three lines. We could have that take up one line underneath the name and there you saved yourself two lines as well. So uh, there's definitely places to optimize for, for space. Um, and, and I'll just say this as well, uh, there's no need to have your LinkedIn on the resume. You know, I guess if you really want to keep it on there, that's fine. But if someone has to go to your LinkedIn to find out about you when the resume is right in front of them, the resume is not doing it's not doing its job. Uh, and so, uh, no no reason to have that on there. Okay. So overall, I think we've determined format pretty good. Uh, would make some minor changes, but you know, no no kind of real glittering issues uh, with the format. But there are there is room for optimization. Structure is where I have some more more feedback for you. So the order of your sections makes sense to me. Education first, because you're currently completing your PhD, professional experience, leadership. Um, what's missing here is the personal section. Uh, and, and I know that I mentioned that, hey, you know, that's a non-negotiable for us, and I've already mentioned why. But under the personal section, this that's where we'd put any languages that you speak, if you speak any other than English, um, any certifications that you've that you had that are outside of your educational experience. Um, So whether that's a certification in Tableau or Excel or or anything else like that that you have, you could put that under personal. Um, You you could list technical skills there. I I know that we talked to Alona about not listing them all at at the top of the resume, but you can have a line for technical skills in the personal section. Uh, And then the most important line of all, to me in that section, the interest line. So what makes you, you? Um, What do you do outside of school and of work? right? Uh, You know, are you a foodie who likes to explore Thai restaurants on the weekend? Or, you know, have you run five marathons, right? Or whatever it is that makes you, you um, goes on the interest line. And that's really the one line that's, again, going to humanize you. Uh, That's going to be the one line um, where if I'm a reviewer, I'm going to say like, hey, actually, I love Thai food too. Let me see if he's been to this restaurant. Or hey, right? I ran the New York city marathon three years ago, or you know, blah, blah, blah. And you can just start, it's an icebreaker for the interviews. Uh, and, and so you wanna make sure you've got that interest line there uh, in the personal section. And what I would do then is move the awards and honors underneath the relevant experiences where they belong. So it looks like here, you won this excellence in student service award uh, that seems prestigious and it's it it's definitely seems relevant. And it's buried at the bottom of the resume. Uh, I'd want to showcase that right up front uh, Within the context of, of your degree, and so I would put that as a uh, as a bullet point under the the Drexel experience. Uh, and again, similar to Lisa's feedback for Alona, right? Was there was there a monetary award attached with it? Um, right? Is it a department of three hundred, and you were the only one to win the award? Right? Let me know one of three hundred to win win the award. Um, that would be um, really meaningful, and it would just kind of round out the story that you're trying to tell which is i'm a top performer and i've been a top performer everywhere that i've ever been uh so i'm going to be a top performer in consulting as well right that's kind of like the 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 overall story that we're we're looking to tell so i would move those awards and honors up underneath education again the same thing i'm familiar with who's who among students but if you've got any kind of metric again to let me know that hey two percent of of university students in in the u.s make that ranking or that list every year, um, then I'd love to know that. And that's really gonna make that stand out. Uh, and so just to recap for structure, right? The order that you've got things in right now makes sense up until the end. Uh, and so I'd add a personal section and I would move awards and honors up underneath education. Um, and, and like we've already talked about, a profile is not necessary. So you don't necessarily need an overview section at the stage of your, of your career. I'll pause there, I'll take a breath. Uh, Lisa, any insight or uh, Dylan, any questions?
0: I was going to say for the personal section, like add add a little
1: detail, like even for Alana, if you have traveling, if you have like X countries, so some people have traveled to like 50 countries in the last five years. I'm like, that's fascinating. Um, or like your favorite one, um, you know, add a little color to it. And that's what will connect to the interviewer. One of my guys put basketball on his resume, but then I was doing coaching with stuff with him, coaching sessions. And I realized he was a teammate of Kevin Durant's. Um, in college. I was like, oh, so you're like really good at basketball, <laughs> not, just, um, not just that you like it, right? So that's a great icebreaker in an interview. So add a little detail to those. It makes them a little bit more interesting. Absolutely. My, my favorite one, and I'll never forget this, uh, is, you know, a, a, once had a woman put in her interest line that she, she once flew to China for 48 hours just to get this specific bowl of noodles and then flew back home to the U.S., right? And so that takes being a foodie to a whole nother level. And that's a story I want to hear more about at the front end of an interview, right? And, and I've spent extensive time in China. Yeah, I've been in the city that she referenced in that interest line, right? That We, we just have a whole different connection now, um, as opposed to just saying that, hey, like I'm into Asian fusion, or I'm into travel, right? Like include that in that, that uh, interest line, it's only going to help you and make you uh, be a more interesting and well-rounded candidate.
0: We'll be right back after this quick message. How much do management consultants get paid? How much should you expect to make in consulting? The answers lie in Management Consultants' 2023 Consulting Salaries Report. Get detailed compensation data like base salaries, bonuses, relocation, PTO, and much more. You'll get all this data for 90 plus consulting firms. Did we mention that it's completely free? Download the report today. There's a link in the show notes to do so. And you can figure out for yourself what you could make in consulting this year.
1: I love that. Okay. Awesome. Dylan, uh, any questions before we move on to content?
2: No, I think I follow everything and I agree. So,
1: okay. Fantastic. So, this is where I think we've got a lot of room for improvement. Um, and, and so, I'll, I'll quickly go through just just some overall things that I noticed and then we can workshop a bullet point or two, uh, and then we'll open we'll open up the the call the rest of the call for some Q and A. So, in uh, in your education, GPAs are definitely high enough. I love it. Um, any leadership experience that isn't included in the leadership section, so if it wasn't robust enough to give it a whole whole entry there, you could include in a in a leadership bullet point. We already have the awards and honors there. Um, And again, like Lisa mentioned, if there are any scholarships that you won um, either at Pfeiffer or at Drexel, uh, include those in that section as well. Uh, uh, Again, with the monetary uh, award amount, and if you have the info, how competitive it was to to get that scholarship. So if any of that applies, I would add that to to the education. I would think that uh, as a PhD, there's some scholarship or fellowships that you have won. I would want to see those reflected on the resume. Here uh, under professional experience, uh, kind of the the, the big glaring gap that I saw was that every line doesn't have a metric. Uh, and consultants think in numbers. Um, when when they or when we are scanning a resume, uh, we're not reading every line word for word. If it's for if we're filtering it for a job application, uh, we're quickly scanning, and numbers break up the words and, and stop your eye. Uh, and so that's one of the reasons that Lisa gave the feedback that all numbers should be in kind of that. Arabic numerical format not written out. Uh, in this one case, proper grammar rules don't apply. Uh, and so you actually want the digits there so it stops the eye as you're scanning. Uh, and we want metrics in every single bullet point. So, you know, for a lot of folks on the call, one of the questions might be, hey, I don't necessarily know how I can quantify the impact that I've had, or I don't know where I can add metrics. Uh, and so, you know, a few common areas where you can. Where you can add metrics, right? If you if you led a team, how big was the team? If you were on a team, how how big was the team? If if you were staffed on a uh, you know on a project, you know did you did that project have five million dollars in in NIH funding, right? So it was a five million dollar project, or um you know these were the these were you know we determined kind of three KPIs as a result of the project. You may not have been staffed on the project uh, until the very end to know kind of the, the big outcome, um, but you have an idea of what you proposed and what you recommended. Um, and, and in consulting, projected impact counts. So you know if you weren't able to see the project all the way through, but you know this is, this is what we were projecting to happen as a result, um, you can include those metrics because a lot of times in consulting, the final deliverable is a projection. So you can go ahead and in- include that. And, and those are some, some quick ways to add metrics to every bullet point. Um, so that was one of the gaps, Dylan, uh, that, that I noticed, and, and I think there's some low-hanging fruit here where we can add those metrics. Uh, and, and then similar to what Lisa said here, you know, we want to provide some context, especially in the first bullet point for what it was that the, the project was dealing with. So, for example, here, as a, as a market research analyst in the Coulter program, uh, can you just talk me through, number one, what that program is and, and what the project was that you were staffed on?
2: yeah and so this is the one that's i know the most weak because it's tough i just started it in late january and so it's not over i'm still doing it and that's why i kind of didn't have much results to quantify i guess yet um until i I see the project through but the culta program basically funds startups um they they hear projects out from labs who are trying to Take their intellectual property and commercialize it and if they feel the project is commercializable and um, well defined enough they'll give it funding hopefully for startup funding that would help you move either to a next round of funding somewhere else or help you kind of enter the market and so my job was to work as a research market research analyst to provide the detailed market research about the given project um, to both the team and to the funding board Um, It was a sports nutrition product, but I did, it is, I signed an NDA, so there's only so many details I can talk about it, but I guess I can just talk about the fact that it was a sports nutrition product.
1: Um, Yeah, right, and so so you could say, right, advised commercialization strategy for sports nutrition startup by, right, independently performing secondary market research, right, and then semicolon, right, presented market assessment report to project team or to board of directors, right, recommending X, Y, Z, right? And then, so you could then tell me also, right, how large was the, the board of directors? There's a metric, uh, and then including the potential impact, which is what did the report include or what were you sharing with the board of directors? Uh, and, and so that's how I would reshape that first bullet point to kind of put that more into business terms, give me some context for what it was that the project was doing overall. And then again, ending with that impact or that projected impact. Did I accurately capture what you said in one bullet point? Tell, push back on me if that doesn't accurate, accurately represent what the work was.
2: No, I, I definitely think so. And I think uh, some of those number numerical type things are things I didn't think about because um, I was just thinking about when it ends, I'd have an idea of whether it was successful or some of the things I kind of, uh, um, you know, Actually, did for them, but right now, especially since I'm trying to reach some of these bridge applications, I was just trying to put something together describing it to at the current moment in time. But no, I, I definitely I like that.
1: Okay, fantastic. And, and you can even you can even write say in in one of these bullet points or in the third bullet point that you've you know project is currently ongoing and and you expect to present final recommendations in June of 2021. Or, or whatever the case may be. So if, if there isn't any kind of specific impact that, or projected impact you can point to, that's another option to just highlight that this is a in progress um, event or project, but you expect to utilize these skills before it's all said and done. Uh, and, and so that's another option for you there. Okay, um, I, I think we, we've got just another minute. Um, do you have any overall questions uh, for us as in regards to your resume or is there another bullet point that you feel like you've been struggling with that we can quickly go over
2: well i guess a general question which i know has been kind of in and out of the chat about one page versus two page a resume and i really tried to and i think you know i can add some things when i rework better of my spacing but you know there was a lot of things I cut out or there are some awards and honors, things that I can quantify that it's just going to be too much to list under universities or too much to, I guess, I don't know how to condense things, whether it can be moving left to right in different bullets instead of bullets down down a line or just trying to make it all kind of in a sentence type
1: structure. I don't know if you have
2: any thoughts or or preferences on that
1: absolutely so i think there's two or three questions there. i'll start with the first one um even though consulting firms like especially for these bridge programs they say that like a a two-page cv is acceptable um your goal should be one page um it's it's what those folks are most used to uh and it again it also highlights the fact that you know how to be clear and concise in your communication um without having to say it you're showing it uh and, and so best practice is always one page uh, and so that's what I would aim for. Uh, and so I, you had the right kind of gut feeling when you when you put this together. There are a couple of things you can do to, to add more information while still keeping this one page and still keeping the spacing. So number one, right, kind of build the, the sixth sense of what's relevant and what's not. Um, there are probably some things that you cut out that are relevant. And, and I would just include them on one line. If they're all educational awards from Drexel, um, I would just have an awards line underneath the GPA uh, and just, right? Award, parentheses, like the monetary amount, semicolon, next award, semicolon, next award, and just list them in one line. So it just gives me a snapshot of, okay, hey, like the, this guy's kind of risen to the top wherever he's been, right? Uh, and, and so you could do that uh, for some of those awards and those listings. You could have another line for publications, if there are any that are relevant. Um, but, you know, things like Dean's List or other things that are honestly quite generic um, and, and don't make you stand out from anyone else who would be applying for consulting, you can leave off, um, right? Uh, role Places where you were a member but weren't in a leadership role, you can lead off. So if you were, and again, this, this ties back to a little bit of what we were talking about with Alona. If you were a member of a consulting club but didn't organize an event, didn't recruit members, didn't interface with firms, didn't organize case prep, you were just a participating member, that's not super relevant. But if you did any of what i just mentioned right now that becomes a genuine leadership experience and if there isn't enough content there to create a full full full-fledged entry under the leadership section you can just include a one line one bullet blurb underneath your education and then then what you're doing is you're you're really emphasizing the most relevant and the most noteworthy of your leadership uh, experience in the separate section but you're still also highlighting that hey you You've led teams, you've managed stakeholders, you've organized things um, I- inside of uh, that one bullet point. Uh, and so there, there are, are number one um, y- ways to filter what's relevant and what's not. And then number two, to include them in a really streamlined way. Does that make sense?
2: Absolutely, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. As I say, I think that's all the questions I have now. I definitely have uh, plenty to work with, so thank you.
1: Okay, fantastic. Thanks, Dylan, for for being willing to to come on with us.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Strategy Simplified again this week. If after listening to Damana and Lisa review this resume and you're realizing that you might need a resume edit for yourself, go ahead and nab yourself an editing package at the link in the show notes. We'd love to work with you to help make your consulting dreams a reality. Thanks again for listening to the show. We'll catch you again next episode.